0: The Provoke Podcast, brought to you by Provoke Media and produced by the International Broadcast Specialist Marketeers.
1: We're talking all about blueberries and transformation today here on the Provoke Media Podcast. I'm Megan Kiogan, host of today's episode and head of content partnerships here at Provoke. Transformation is not possible without innovation. and Creativity is the foundation for transformation. How do we enable courageous creativity in all aspects of our work? What does this mean for communicators and leaders alike? With us today, our panel is Heath Rodduck and U.S. Highbush Blueberry Council's Casey Cronquist to discuss the relationship between creativity and courage and why innovation is everyone's responsibility. Heath and Casey, thank you so much for joining us.
0: Thanks. So good to be part of this yeah excited to be here thank you
1: well let's kick it off um with you heath from padilla let us know a little bit about your role at padilla um and why you're so excited to talk about blueberries today
0: thank you look i i I struggle with the the roles and titles but you know my job uh is is chief creative officer of the uh, padilla group of brands across north america so we have a multiple group of brands and then also function as uh as one whole agency. Um, why am I excited about blueberries? Look, it's pretty obvious they're delicious. Um, <laughs> Casey's not forcing me to say that. They're good for you. But we've worked <laughs> with, honestly, we've worked with the US High Bush Blueberry Council for I think three decades now. And so we've really been part of a of, of incredible growth like from from day one. Um, And so the opportunity to join forces once again with Casey um, when he joined the organization and begin a new chapter was super exciting and one we'll talk a little bit more about.
1: Thank you so much. And Casey, a little bit about your role at the council and and what we're here to chat about today.
2: You bet. Yeah. So president of the U.S. High Bush Blueberry Council. I've been here for just over three years years now, and I've been in the commodity space, uh, running programs like this for the last 15 years. And so the blueberry opportunity came along, uh, as Heath said, it's an exciting category to be in. Uh, everybody loves blueberries. It's hard to run into somebody who uh, has an aversion to them at all. So, you know, to be able to be working in this space and then, uh, taking it to the next level, which is, I know what we're going to talk about today was something that was really inspiring for me thinking about, you know, my next, uh, uh Position in this kind of industry and in this kind of work we do, so uh, it's been it's been what I hoped for, and I'm really excited about what we're up to.
1: Well, I think um, let's give our our listeners a little background, um, just a little foundation to your relationship together um, on the campaign, uh, and and what we're here really talking about today, which is creativity informing transformation, and sort of the overview of just what has transformed in the last five years with the um, Blueberry Council, Blueberries as a commodity and a brand, um, and really like what has driven driven this change. So I'm gonna start with you, Heath, who um, you shared with me as we were kind of prepping for this conversation, um, Padilla's uh, uh, sort of motto or stance about, um, all the work that you do, which is to make it better. and um, I think you know as we were as you guys were prepping me and briefing me on, on blueberries for the last couple of weeks, we talked a lot about what can, what made it better and how much that sort of drove um, some of the success of this campaign. Um, yeah
0: yeah. Um, Look, not to put too fine a point on it, but you know we live in a particularly interesting period. I mean, once upon a time, things used to be relatively straightforward and pretty linear. Um, but thanks to a multiplicity of things, not the least of which is the technologies that we all use from the minute we wake up in the morning till our head hits the pillow again, um, the only real constant today is that it's going to change tomorrow, right? Um, we used to have much longer timelines for just about everything. And the reality is we've got to be prepared to adjust constantly. And so this concept of sort of transforming things, it's, it's a constant transformation. It's a constant evolution rather than what used to be kind of, here's the big idea. Here's the thing, the game changer. Here's the thing that's going to revolutionize everything. Sometimes it's incremental. Sometimes it's, you know, it's a lowercase T for transformation that it is just this incremental push. Now we need that singular strategy and that single thought, you know, that we, the flag we put on the horizon to all shoot for, but, uh, that's why we were really excited at this concept of, of, of that, that Casey and the team presented to us uh, because it felt like we need a strategic point of view. We need to, 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 to reset the conversation here. But we also understand that we've got to bring everyone with us. We've got to bring growers with us, producers with us. Uh, we've got to bring retailers. We've got to bring consumers with us. You know, At the end of the day, they're the ones we want to have grabbing handfuls of blueberries at the uh, in the produce area.
1: And really Casey, that that last bit that Heath just mentioned which is this matrix of stakeholders you you weren't tasked with just putting blueberries in the hands of grocery store shoppers. you were tasked with this idea of bringing growers, producers, you know, retailers all along for the ride to really transform blueberries as a brand. Uh, speak to me yeah, a little think, bit about the challenge that you faced with that.
2: Yeah, th- I think the the challenge is is how do you unite an industry to say the same thing the same way together and be the loudest as we can in a really busy consumer environment. And and that that's the challenge. It, it, it is true that when you think of it from a straight marketing perspective, you're putting your 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 feet in the shoes of consumers. You're trying to think about it the way they're thinking about it. And and we do that. But in many respects, our first audience is our producer group. And it's thinking through that value chain of stakeholders who are going to also be needed and necessary to carry that message. And so we're in that unique position as a commodity board of of trying to unite that value chain and trying to, you know, take advantage of all of the stakeholders and the roles that they play in marketing the fruit along the way. So whether you're a you picker, uh, who's inviting people onto your farm or you're someone who's, you know, selling to a major food manufacturer or a retailer, we had to kind of find that that sweet spot of a call to action or a brand that would help inspire that entire value chain together. And, and that's, the, that's the unique position we're in as a commodity board, but that's also what I think makes this such a successful story.
1: Which really brings us to the... I could say red thread or the blue thread of this whole story, there go. which is. Yeah, there you go. Uh, <laughs> yeah.
2: It's the blue thread. It's for the sure blue it
1: thread. Take of this podcast, um, Heath. A bit about what that blue thread was in in terms of a tagline and how we got there.
0: Yeah, well, look. One of the reasons I love working in this business at the moment is because we don't just have that sort of relatively single focus that single dimension of audience that we are expected to activate our strategies with i mean i guess it's the complexity of that matrix which makes it really intriguing to to myself and to the padilla team um What's more challenging is when, especially when you're coming at this, having worked on it for a long time, I haven't personally worked on it for 30 years, but when an organization has worked on it for (laughs) 30 years, some days it feels like it, Casey, doesn't it?
2: I was going to say, you don't look quite old enough to have been on it for 30 years, (laughs) but But not that everybody can see you.
0: Yeah, the truth is this unlearning, like this unlearning. So you've got to kind of let go of a lot of stuff. And Casey and I and the team have talked at great length about, okay, let's leave that bit behind for a little while and consider what could be when we did that all of a sudden you start to unearth the, these 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 elements of success these things that are really important to all these different stakeholders and that's when you look for the commonalities right that's when you use I mean we have such a bonus in that the science behind blueberries is so it, it's so definitive there's no arguing okay great we've got something brilliant now we've just got to look for the thing that excites Because, you know, we've got to use, this has to be an emotional thing for everyone um, to get that. And then sort of, I guess, figuratively and literally draw the, pull the drawstrings in on that entire matrix and tighten it up. Because our job was really to take the goodness of what we had called this little blue dynamo and really unlock that potential. And so our consumers, retailers, distributors, producers, growers, everyone can feel this new position because they need to feel like it's a, a value to them and then rally behind it. And that was a really important part of this. You know, it's not saying, hey, we just sold more blueberries to a consumer. This is, we have momentum, a serious, let's call it the blue wave. Uh, <laughs> to get it out there. There's a careful one um, uh, to get people excited, to get people to buy into it.
1: So when you talk about, you know, cinching up those drawstrings. Really, part of part of the the I guess tagline of the the mission also became the tagline of the blueberry, which is I don't know which one of you would like to introduce it to our listeners today, but we are grabbing some. I it was my
0: gift to you, so you could you could <laughs> yeah. yeah
2: yeah. Well, it's grab a boost of blue, and uh, and I like what Heath said because you know so much of the blueberry success has been built on the foundation of health research, and it's just. It's just known, you know, it, it any corner you go into of, of what we work through is just as re- a recognized healthy fruit. Um, but as Heath said, it's also, you know, kind of the sacred cow that you had to let go of because you you had to be thinking in this new iteration on what is it that we're calling consumers to in the future. And so a lot of what's exciting about this about this fruit is the genetics that are going into it um, and the work that's being done by the producers that, you uh, the idea of grab a boost of blue. That that term "boost" is, is for some, going to imply health, could imply energy, could imply flavor. Uh, so when you're using it as an ingredient, and and so what was really exciting about this call to action was really how it starts to to pay tribute to the, to the to the past, the health research, the foundation. But it's also a, it's also looking forward. It gives us a lot of running room to talk about what that boost means to. The consumer who's who's thinking about buying it.
0: Yeah, I love that you called out the boost there because that is the truly the operative word, right? So it, it supports the science, it supports the true health benefits, which is fantastic. But I can tell you, um, growers and retailers love a boost to their bottom, bottom line. Amen. And and when you unpack this, I think the layers to it were really important to make. sure. And that's that that was the secret of being getting people to buy into this. Um, is it a call to action? Yeah, it sure is. Like get out there and get them. But it also represents the the result that we're looking for, which is to 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 shift volume. And it's volume of, of a commodity is the game, right?
1: Which is such a um, a good way to really summarize your your perspective of, of transformation being fueled by creativity. You know, we're often inclined to think of creativity as our, our markers and our crayons or our, you know, um, kind of brainstorm rooms, but there was so much creative strategy that went into, uh, this. I'm, I'd love to be, t- if you can take us into the, the brainstorm room or the huddles where, where you tossed around all the different taglines and, um, and a little bit about how how you kind of got to this particular one.
0: Yeah, you don't really want to be in that. It gets pretty ugly and smelly. <laughs> <laughs> it starts to smell like people after a while, for sure. Yeah. Look, the, look. The truth is, there's no, there is no magic bullet to to this. There is no lock yourselves in a room and ta da, here it is. It is honestly, it is the result of a multiplicity of of elements. There is the 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 knowledge. That you acquire over time meeting growers, spending times in the fields, like talking to them while you're munching on these things fresh off the top <laughs> of the bush. It's 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 that is as vital in getting to this decision because you learn then what matters to them, what matters to that farmer. You know, is is really important. What matters to the retailer, like clearly, they're, they, they they all want the same result, but what matters to them is 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 in, in many respects different so it's grabbing all that information all the quality and quantity of stuff unlearning as i as i mentioned like unlearning a lot of the stuff because that can be a real hindrance connecting to casey because casey has a plan casey and the team had, had had set a new set of goals and then it's like scratching your head for a while and sometimes just walking away for it to go oh man like what what is the answer here and honestly Sometimes it just comes at the eleventh hour. You're like, oh, it's right under our nose. Like it's sitting right and that's and then you feel you're stupid because you've just spent so many hours trying to get to it. But what we what we liked about this position was that as I think all good lines, all good ideas do, they have multiple facets. It means something to many people. You can unpack it different ways. We, no one likes to be told to do anything, but if you can relate to something um, that is in that line and the story we build around it, then it's going to work for you. And uh, I do remember Casey almost these words. I'm going to paraphrase you because I'm not going to get exactly right, but that's it. Like, like I can remember the look on your eyes when we you like because like, he felt it. He felt the line. He didn't just hear it, and I knew that we'd uh, that we'd got to that point. Um, of course, the the proof was in the pudding when we had to roll it out to the committee, and we had to roll it out to. The <laughs> that was the next yeah. nervous moment, right? That was
2: nerve-wracking.
1: Uh, tell us a little bit about that that moment, uh, Casey, about getting your initial buy-in from your yeah your committee. Yeah, it, it,
2: that was an intense. Uh, Series of weeks, actually, because the, the it was I, I wouldn't say this was rushed, I, I think. that, But the idea was that we were moving into a budget cycle that needed this to be done. It needed it. it, it, it you know, it was almost a long time in the making, even though that the creative process was probably Uh, Really truncated uh, compared to what Heath would have have liked, but uh, but the idea of putting it in front of them, we had you know this had originally started as a conversation between our promotion chair and myself and and Boulder just walking down the street talking about some of the challenges that we're facing with what had historically been being done with our promotion and campaign work, and really it was a, a conversation about. How quickly we were moving from kind of one campaign to the next, and and you know a, a difficulty for essentially the audience of stakeholders, which are paying assessment growers, uh, to to keep up with what creatively was taking place, and and so you know what we were bringing forward was not just monumental in its creative, but it was monumental shift for the industry to invest and stay invested strategically into a into the next iteration of of our work um, that could be then you know promoted to be used universally in a united way. So there was a lot that was, that had gone from that conversation in Colorado to what was being presented now finally in front of the committee in time to be moving into a budget cycle for the next year. And so I remember that meeting very clearly on just, you know, here are, you know, we, there were certainly options, but as Heath said, like there was just one in the mix that this was, you know, really where, we were all hoping things were going to land. And, and, if, and as you would think and hope that, you know, the best thing kind of rises to the top and it did that day. And, and the overwhelming support walking away from that meeting was so rewarding because it was everybody had felt like that we had landed on the thing and that this would be universally accepted. This would be something that, you know, marketers, which are the folks who work with the retailers in our industry to help uh, sell blueberries into the consumers, would be adopting this. I mean, we were getting commitments in the room to what conceptually was being proposed there. And so that just kind of gave you that sense of confidence that, okay,
0: here we go. This is, this is gonna work. Yeah, that, that was really joyful to me. Um, you know, as an industry, I think sometimes we're very quick to separate B to B, B to C, like we create all these kind of like, let's be honest, fictitious categories. Um, for what we do when truly at the end of the day what we need to do is to create something that motivates and connects to individuals because they're all people still and to hear that unified response was really exciting to me because it was proof that the importance of creativity in that moment to help just transform that moment in the in the room for Casey was first win first win and it tends to be when you feel it in that early time and when you start to see those early results, you got something, you got you got a winner. Uh, then, of course, you've got to put the energy in behind it because it's not magic. Like, you've got to put the uh, get the positivity behind it.
1: What was some of that early energy that uh, was kind of like the initial injection behind your strategy? Because, you know, it, we have this really clever tagline here. There, ha- there was obviously a creative rollout. There was obviously um, different types of messaging to your different stakeholders within that matrix. Like what did that, that early phase look like?
0: Casey, do you want to answer, you want to answer how you rolled that out within the team? Because it happened there first. Yeah, I would say, you know, part of the phase in for
2: this was, uh, picking up on the commitments that were in that room that day and and establishing a licensing program for the brand so we knew that this was going to be something that you know we also wanted to be able to control as an organization so while we wanted it to be you know something that was ubiquitous amongst our industry we still needed to control the brand it was still something that was part of the instructions coming out of that meeting like you know this this has to this has to stay managed and so so even though we were looking at uh you know sharing this Broadly, not hire, not hiding the football. This was going to be a playbook we wanted everybody to have. Um, we started off by licensing it to the industry. So licensing it back, the creative back to the industry. And that took off. So that was really helpful because you started to get the commitments uh, across, you know, companies that were providing the stickers or the labels or the, you know, the packs. I mean, we had some really creative stuff come back. Uh, where they were starting to show us how they were going to adopt this into their program. And we're still seeing that adoption today. And so that that part was the very beginning of just getting our own team, so to speak, involved. But then it was, like I said, that budget process that was going to start to infuse resources behind getting this out there. And so, you know, all that started to come together. And it was happening at the same time that we had just launched a new strategic plan that was calling for, uh, USHBC as its own vision to make blueberries the world's favorite fruit. And so now you've got this call to action that is starting to to take a look at not just kind of the domestic landscape of marketing, but also looking at the globe and how do we grab a boost of blue in Southeast Asia and and how do we take this into India? And so all of this is part of the conversation that was going on internally about with our in-country reps in these markets where how do you use GrabBoost of Blue and how does it translate into these countries? So that was the beginning of kind of rolling this out. And at, this, at, the, at that same time, it was the first real effort in kind of merchandising at retail that we started to step into. So we immediately started using uh, pilot programs for this program, this campaign into retail. Uh, which was super exciting for our industry to see. You could see where it was being adopted by merchandisers at retail and, uh, you know, down to, you know, even issuing hats to all the retailers that were participating in this program and then wearing it in the produce department. So it was, it was an exciting beginning and, uh, and something that we're obviously still building off of today.
0: Yeah, it was, um, it's, 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 Relief, I guess, is the first energy, the first thing you feel in that moment, certainly from a creative leader's perspective, but but there's also that sense of excitement that, okay, we're onto the field now, like it's game day and our job almost plays that of of a support. Porting role in a way, and so as as Casey activates <clears throat> his teams and his organization in its different parts, starts to sort of get hold of, of these part pieces. We sort of go into that support ro- role to some point, but also my account partners for sure are taking a strategic partnership role with with, with many members of Casey's organization and beyond. Um, and so then we get into that 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 real push um, to drive to drive, the, uh, to drive the, the the ball to the places we need to drive it. And so that's um, whether it's beyond the shores of the United States for sure, whether it's into new retailers, whether it's re, um, reinvigorating parts of markets that have maybe waned a little, um, that's the really exciting bit when you start to see it present itself. And when you get sort of emails at nighttime from people who've seen a sticker on a on a punnet somewhere in a store and say, look, oh my goodness, here it is here. And you're going, yes, yeah. it's getting there, you know, it's it's getting it out.
1: Um w- When you talk so much in the beginning, we talked a lot about like the, you know, transformation is really about an evolution. It's not a, a stagnant or static moment in time. What was, what was sort of like that journey walking together as, you know, agency and, and client like as you started to embark on the transformation, like to your point Heath, you were on the field, you know, with your tagline, but it, it didn't, certainly didn't stop there. In fact, the work started there in a lot of ways. And um, I don't know which one of you wants to take it first, but I'm curious from hearing both your, from both your perspectives, what that um, kind of transformational journey was like working together.
2: Well, I think it, it was an interesting time for both, uh, I would say Padilla, historically and maybe organizationally and our organization so there was a lot of transformation taking place in in both organizations at that time and so I think when when you know you have these changes uh, taking place you know for us at least in, in my role back in 2019 um, you know this was pre-pandemic and I was looking at you know where we stood as an industry we had this you know kind of glut of frozen blueberries in storage and and there was just a lot that was on the line for what this program would do next. And so there there needed to be change, right? So I, I remember very much bringing you know, some of my uh, famous buttons into the meeting rooms which said, because we've always done it this way with the line through it, and uh, and just making it clear that you know what we had been doing is not going to be the thing that we're going to continue to do as we move forward from here because we needed bigger ideas, we needed change, we needed something that was going to solve some of the, the challenges that were being presented on my desk. And so on the on the on the side for Padilla, and I'll let Heath speak to it on, on, from his perspective. But it was you know kind of from their perspective probably too. Like what got us here as an agency representing blueberries is not going to help them necessarily accomplish this challenge. And and uh, and so it was just it was just a uh, the timing was right. And of course, as we went into the pandemic, kind of the tables turned on everybody. But but we had set the foundation of transformation and innovation, you know, prior to that. And that helped us carry that theme and that conversation throughout some really challenging times. And I think in the end, um, you know, it proved its worth and in, in being able to move that, move that forward.
0: Yeah. Tr- I tr- he, Casey hit it on the head. Um, we were both, I mean, almost paralleling, uh, our own sort of transformative moments, you know, our own sort of evolutions. And, you know, we had, um, I mentioned earlier, like letting go, is really important. As a creative leader, kind of part of what I like to do, you know what I mean? Like, like we're always sort of hunting for what's fresh and different. How can we rethink something? Is is a really important part of the role? Um, that really scares a lot of people, and that's okay. That's okay, you know. Um, this this concept of doing things differently can it's the unknown, and that can be really nerve wracking for some people. It's the task I mentioned bringing people with you as an organisation for the for the brand. It's the same internally, and so um, you know when Casey when I saw when I was when I received a version of one of those buttons, and uh, I kind of giggled to be perfectly honest because they're fighting words. Like there's a battle flag up the mast and going, okay everyone, it's game on, let's go. We have commission everyone by the way from the client to go for it and and I think that was the energy we needed like that was all that was all those who who were anxious about pushing into fresh territory needed was that reinforcement that we can do this like we have permission to push harder and that's a really important role actually of I think of the creative leader within the organization is not to bully things through not to say or oh, don't you get it like you could it's to really bring those everyone with you um, because we don't all come from the same place we don't all come from have the same reasons for being in the office um and it's that diversity of thinking it's that diversity of background of of, of individual that was really changes the game and that's what casey with through that button kind of helped trigger which is brilliant it's brilliant it's exciting
1: it's it, i i love just thinking about seeing that on your desk and and that physical reminder to go for it is, is pretty cool. So simple. It's so simple. And and it really says so much. And I, I have to think as a creative leader, it must've been a pretty um, thrilling moment to just like have the, the free reign to, to go bring the idea to life.
0: Yeah. I mean, when you see the fire in the, in your team's eyes, like that hunger and, and, and that's a really important thing, you know, and I mentioned the word permission, and I think if, as a takeaway for anyone listening to this, what I love that Casey did within the organization, he gave the team permission within USHBC to go for it. You know, you can only push. That's really, that's that's the option. And often in agencies, we tend to get a little anxious about, you know, of course, we've got to run our own businesses. We, the world has forced us to be more risk averse. But there's risk and there's, intelligent decisions right like there's risk and there's understanding where the potholes have been in the past having learned from that and going for it because you know based on everything you have the science you have the experience you've got under your belt as a team as a as a as a mat on mass um to go for it
1: yeah what um you know in talking about how, how you've measured this transformation. You know, we've talked about it as transformation, but ultimately it's success. Right. And, um, what have been some of the either, I guess, did you set out with metrics or, or tools of measurement that we're going to measure if this was effective or not, or was it really just a lot of like gut sense that it was working?
2: Well, no, I would say we're measuring, um, the, the success, because there is an A-B test in what we were doing before and, and now what we're doing today. And so, you know, we may be in spaces, like I said before, with retail that we hadn't been before, which, you know, that's basically 100 percent. We've done a great job because we weren't doing it that way before. But, you know, when you look at what the uh, what those uh, pilot tests at retail have done with Grab a Boost to Blue, um, you know, we had over a thousand stores participating last year in this campaign. And uh, those activations uh, were showing that there was about 13 points over rest of market when they were implementing this program within their store during that period of time. And so, you know, for those who actually activated with our, what we had kind of a Display contest, which is traditional uh, produce merchandising strategy, but those those were enjoying twenty five percent over the rest of market during that same period. So we 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 are measuring it, and we're able to now go back to marketers, which is part of what helps to inspire the what we call secondary enclosure on pack, which is what Heath saying sees on the punnets, which is you know the tape that keeps it closed. Well, uh, consumers take it home, but that real estate all of the other activations around it, you know, it really pulls everybody together and helps communicate to a consumer, you know, an encouragement of, uh, you know, putting this on their list. If they hadn't thought about it when they were in the store, if they're thinking about it now. Um, but typically we've been done, doing a good job on the digital side. So our di- digital advertising program also is a comparative of the past to the present. And so in 2022, we had over 250% increase in the fresh and frozen units sold Uh during the period that we were testing, allowing with whether it's Instacart, you know, the ad spend return on that, being able to see, you know, almost 800% of increased perception or increased impressions within an area like Hulu. So we could see with those metrics, just in in the comparison of before and after when we did or didn't have it, how this was performing. And that showed up in our UNA as well. So we could see, we did a usage and attitude study last summer that there was not only a uh, an appreciation for the brand being in the market, so that there was recognition that it was there, um, but that there was an opportunity that we've been able to share with our leadership since that uh, the U.N.A. shows that it's it it's something that they would adopt, like they would wear it. They would. We were asking the questions like, is this a lifestyle for you? Would would grab a boost of blue? Does it mean more than just this call to action? That you know, some might say it's as simple as, but blueberries are so beloved that we, we found that we're striking an emotional connection with this uh, brand, with consumers that now we're really excited. When We kind of knew it. I mean, I'll let Heath talk about it. We, we, we were heading that direction. That's why I was saying, like, we were thinking about the future. But now that future is starting to be realized. And we're now focused on, you know, how does, how does this become a lifestyle uh, call to action for consumers who really care about their health? And I, like I mentioned in the beginning, like even down to a UPIC farm who can adopt this at their farm, encouraging consumers to come on and grab your boost of blue, like literally they're going to come and grab it. So you could just see started to see how it starts to play out in a merch department inside of a UPIC pick where they're wearing the hats and they're selling the U pick merch that includes grab a boost of blue.
0: Yeah. It's interesting. The, um, I, I love seeing these behaviors unfold, but, but beneath this first, I want to just touch on all the, all the statistical stuff, all the measurements, the things we've got to shoot for. I mean, that's, that's the business of blueberries, right? And certainly within the creative team and within the wider agency, I've always uh, held to the fact that we need to understand that business arguably sometimes better than our client themselves because we need to understand what the potential is for a win or a loss. We need to understand how we can push beyond maybe what their initial metrics might be because this isn't a one and done. You know, these lines are not one and done. This is an ecosystem we're triggering in order to get results all right across the board. And so um, when I talk to the multiple layers of the line, you know, you need to be able to buy into this story. And it's 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 exciting to, to, to see people proud to throw the T-shirt on. You've almost got almost like a tribal thing happening within the industry. Finally, we're feeling connected by this one thing. I also think culturally, this concept of grabbing like, If we want to change things you don't tiptoe around it anymore and we've certainly seen the you know the cultural zeitgeist of reactions to the to the climate reactions to social injustice like you don't tiptoe around those things you've got to act on them and i feel like this is such an action position for the organization that was really well timed so cool
1: um, and and I guess I'm also interested. You know, we did talk about these metrics, right? Like we talked about the measurements. But I'm I'm curious from your perspective, Heath, the the sort of non non quantifiable wins from an agency perspective. What were some of the big victories in this transformation that that you were able to sort of hang your hat on?
0: Well, seeing the doors, seeing see, okay, there's an there's an old adage that you know things great ideas sort of write themselves, which sort of sounds weird because they don't. Um, but I think what it means is that opportunities keep presenting themselves and you see that they gain their own momentum. So if you think of the uh, um, and if you think of things like the Just Do It's and the Got Milk's and and so on, like they get this head of steam about them. And I'm not for a second saying we've, we've hit that level yet. <laughs> um, but, you know, certainly you're challenging yourself to enter the vernacular of people. I think once you've got into that space that is that, that it's automatic like you're in a part of people's brains that's almost in the sort of religious center where you're like it's just a part of what I do, that is super exciting to me. That's when we head toward this concept of making blueberries the world's greatest fruit um, because I just do. Um, you know, shopping is a very mechanical thing. At that consumer, it is a very mechanical thing. Um, you might don't shop hungry. We all know that, right? Because it's a different it's a different <laughs> equation. But when Mum's heading, or Dad's heading, or whoever's heading to the supermarket to make the, the to make the 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 purchases for the week, they go into this automatic mode. There's a lot going on, and we need to be in that place where it's just there, um, and it's just a it, I say I want it in the brain, so it's a no-brainer. But you know what I mean.
1: <laughs> Absolutely, it's on the list.
0: It's on the list, mate.
1: On the list. I like it. Well, uh, speaking of lists, as we uh, sort of wrap up some of our our key takeaways from today, um, we've talked about transformation. We've talked about the creativity that goes into it. We've talked about um, bringing bringing teams of lots of diversified perspectives and minds along for the ride. Um, what else have we not touched on today that, that really kind of channels up to like transformation and making it a reality?
2: Well, I, I guess one thing I would just recognize in the work that Padilla did is something that I think for your audience and, and in this sort of space is, uh, keeping the client. Right. And I think, you know, he, Heath mentioned that, you know, we, we have a relationship with, Padilla that goes back, you know, almost 30 years. And and it would have been easy for us to send an RFP out and pull the creative in from as many creative agencies as possible. But to to Padilla's credit, and I think, you know, our, our approach to this was, you know, let's take advantage of what history and tenures there and pull that all forward. So that blue thread that we talked about is this tenure combined with a great creative, combined with the support that came out of that room that day. And so, you know, credit to the creative team and certainly the commitment uh, from a great partnership in being able to pull that all the way through. And in the end, have a product that everybody's really excited about, the relationship still intact, all those things that we still we still may be taking for granted as an institution, which is things like the health research and the history and the relationship, all still a part of this go forward for making this the best work that we've ever accomplished as a team together. So it was a challenge; it was challenged, you know, to the agency that we had, at, at, you know, in place at the time. Um, but it could have been very different, right? And so I guess what I'm saying is to the credit of, of the creative team, the agency, and the relationship. Uh, you still have this relationship that continues in pushing more consumers to consider why blueberries and putting it on the list and making sure that people are just as excited as they've ever been, uh, but with a very future forward strategy. So I think that was a really important part of this as a as a as an effort together.
0: Yeah, thanks. I feel like I need to give you a hug. As you say,
1: end on here.
0: <laughs> Look, you know, the creative team is one really, is a certainly important part of it, but it is it is it is a complete team effort. I mean, our food experts, our retail experts, our research experts, everyone that we have forms this matrix. And we use a word, this ensemble team concept, where we bring all our experts in the agency to, to help solve the problem that Casey and the team present to us. Um, you know, and kudos to the wider team for letting go in that moment and, and really, resetting the, the way that we thought and approached about this. I, I, I think the other thing that was a great learning for the agency in that moment was, no matter how tactical you think it is, no matter how business oriented you think it is, um, never underestimate the importance and power of your creative juices as an organization, right? Not just your creative team, but the organization and the way you think and approach something. The result of that is this concept, this grab a boost of blue that hasn't just energized an organization, like it's enabled a transformation right across that entire, you know, that entire industry. Um, That's pretty powerful. You know, that's really exciting stuff. Um, And it keeps us going. You know, that's the boost for us as an organization.
1: There's such great... Great thoughts to end on. Um, I do want to thank you both for being here with us today. Um, I'm hoping everyone is, you know, hungry for blueberries now after this episode. Uh, but, right. amen. Uh, <laughs> we have with us today this was Padilla's Heath Braddock and the US High Bush Blueberry Council's Casey Cronquist. Thank you both for being with us. This has been a, a really a fun conversation.
2: Yeah, the pleasure is ours. Thank you. Thanks. See you, everyone. This
1: is the Provoke Media Podcast, and thank you for listening.
0: You've been listening to the Provoke Podcast, brought to you by Provoke Media and produced by the international broadcast specialist, Marketeers.